Are you looking to pursue excellence and take your success to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Excellence Mindset with your host, Ryan James Miller. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Excellence Mindset Podcast. Uh, we are going to have some fun today. Look at that big smile. If you are watching video, you know, I got to say right now out of the gate, uh, I try as best as I can to do live interviews because of the quality of us sitting face to face. But when I can't, uh, video has got to be the next best thing. And so you have got to go check out my YouTube channel as I'm posting these. Uh, right now, I am staring in the face live for the first time. Yeah, look at her waving away. Chantel <laughs> Sumas. Uh, she is a brand sorceress. And as a matter of fact, before I asked, I said, what do you want to be your title? And she said, I'm just a person. And I thought, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we need to fix this. <laughs> we need to fix this. And so she's a brand sorceress. So Chantel, mm -hmm. welcome. Mm, thank you for that amazing, amazing welcome. Glad Soup. to be here. <laughs> Super duper fun. So we were talking offline about the fact that we've been connected for, I don't know, maybe close to a year now, nine months or something like that through a, a little Instagram chat group. But I love the fact, uh, or I love being able to take a conversation from like distant through text chat. And now we just get to talk face to face. I mean, it's pretty dope, right? I know. It's so crazy to hop, like hang out on the Instagram world and then drive right over to LinkedIn and <laughs> everywhere. It's really cool. This, this digital connectivity, you never know who you'll meet. I know. And you are everywhere. Talk about everywhere. You are everywhere. You're <laughs> popping up all over the place. Ooh, good. I'm I glad know. the strategy's working. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so there's a lot, a lot of different things that uh, I want to chat about. But uh, first of all, um, uh, you have gotten to this place where you are. I mean, you have become a recognizable face. And I say face because uh, everywhere I see you, definitely Instagram, LinkedIn, when I see you speaking at events through LinkedIn Global, like, or LinkedIn Locals, like all the time, it's always this huge smile on your face. You have so much joy. It just exudes out of you. So why, why, why yeah. do you like, why do you always carry such a, just this presence of joy in doing what you do? What, what, what makes you so happy to do this? Oh, oh my gosh. It's, it's so funny that you ask, because this is like my every my essence, my, my story. I mean, it was, I was not always bubbly and happy. I was probably one of the most depressing people. I mean, I went from Eeyore to Piglet in a matter of <laughs> years. No joke. It's, it's ridiculously sim similar. So like growing up, I mean, I, I have three older brothers. So like getting any attention was ridiculously hard to do. <laughs> and um, I mean, just... I had glasses, acne, braces. Uh, I hit puberty like five years before all my girlfriends. So I was just a freak in high school. <laughs> I kind of just chilled in the background, was a tomboy, did my own thing. And then it wasn't until like five years ago. Uh, well, I obviously blossomed as we all do when we leave high school and just figure out what the real world is, right? Where our minds can go and take us. And obsessed with marketing, right? And then um, a few years ago, about five years ago, when I had my first, my only child, it was a surprise pregnancy. We, were, we had like a 1% chance that we would be able to carry this kid. And lo and behold, it changed our world. Wow. And um, the, like the, the 
my body didn't react well. My hormones were out of balance and all this stuff. And right after I had them, I started losing my vision. Um, I like severely bad in this eye and then it spread to the other eye. And, um, I lost my ability to like function my legs. Like my brain just wasn't signaling to my legs to move it. Hmm. It's like, say, okay, you know, let's go for a walk legs. Like you usually do. You usually don't think about it. It's instinctive. But then my like leg would get caught behind me and I trip. It was just ridiculous. And I thought, no, it's probably, I need bananas, right? It's potassium. I don't know. You make up every excuse for yourself. Um, but long story short, I ended up coming down with this diagnosis of multiple sclerosis, which is basically an incurable cancer of the nervous system that uh, hits everybody so different. So there's zero predictability in it. Um, so since then, I was at this like doom and gloom. Dude, like, sorry, I'm going here, but no, I'm no, this this is this is great. <laughs> okay, um, I was. I was basically a vegetable. I mean, my husband and I were married for two and a half years and I had this newborn that I couldn't even take care of because I was so sick. I couldn't see, I couldn't hardly hear at one point. I couldn't move, walk. I remember crawling because my legs wouldn't function to make a bottle for my little dude. And it was like this thick, like make or break. This is my life. This is going to be my life. Mm There, deal with it and be a pity party and just sad and be zero use to my husband and my son or flip the switch, take control, study what I can do from like a diet perspective or what can I control mm-hmm. and mindset and my diet. So things have changed. And um, I studied neuroplasticity, which basically is thought reframing. So taking every single thought that comes into your mind and reframing it to a positive. And I started nerding out about brains and now I'm the most irritatingly positive person. <laughs> you cannot knock me down. <laughs> Long story short, buddy. I hope that helps. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, here, here's what's so great. And uh, I, I mean, it, it, there's a lot to weave in and out of that in. But, you know, right away, as people are listening, and again, like these are some of the things that I've gotten from you, you know, over, you know, the last few months, uh, which is uh, you uh, attributed yourself at one point to like Piglet, um, even though it was the personality, like that, yeah. that's just like a no-go, right? And so you you talked about that. Um, and then, you know, e- even addressing like, you know, this, this, this deep, deep struggle that you have had and what I have appreciated and some of what I'm sure we're going to talk about, like what I have appreciated the most Chantal about you over the last, I would say couple of months that I have observed is the fact that like, you can be the most positive person in the world. Clearly you are extremely aware of yourself and your body and you've worked hard through all of this, but that doesn't mean that there are not days that life just absolutely sucks. Yeah. I appreciate the fact that you are, I mean, obviously there's, I'm sure there's things that, you know, you keep to yourself. We all do, but you are so honest and transparent about that. And I think that as you're stepping through such a, potentially devastating disease that impacts your life, your work, clearly your marriage, uh, the ability to be a mom, um, that, that you're just willing to lay it all out there and allow people to see you for who you are. Yeah. I mean, 
when I was going through it, it's something that you can feel so alone and people with MS are actually twice as likely to have suicidal thoughts and try to commit suicide, which is insane for mental health. And it, the reason is, is you feel so alone. Like, it feels so alienating. So I feel like by leaning in to trauma, by leaning in to disease or illness, you're almost taking control. You're not getting more power. So that's why I like to share it in the sense that I don't want anybody to ever feel as alone as I felt when I began, you know? And I mean, I was blind and bedridden and now I am making a living doing what I love every single day. And I'm really, really good at it. (laughs) There's nothing can stop you other than yourself, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, again, so this is something that's talked about a lot. We talk about the fact that, you know, we have to focus on the things that we control. This is something that I work with my clients on as often as I possibly can. I I talk to my kids about all the time, right? Focus on what you can control. It's about effort, not outcome. And so let's just like dig into that. So you, uh, let even today, right? Or no, you know what? Let's talk about early on. So early on, you start understanding you have this disease mm-hmm. and the only way that you are truly going to overcome it is by reframing your mind. Right. So practically, what does that look like? Like, I mean, are you just talking yourself out of like being in pain or being bored? like, what is that? It's, it's hard, but it becomes habitual. It becomes habit, you know? So whatever that is, is catching yourself every single time you have a negative thought that crosses your mind. And I didn't realize how disgustingly negative I was. I mean, looking in the mirror and I also lost a hundred pounds because of the diet that I've been on to control, which is another control piece. But I would look at the mirror and just say, you are one disgusting piece of crap. Like look at your face, look at your crooked teeth, look at your uh, double chin and all these things. And then it wouldn't go into that. It would go like to dropping things with my MS. So it's brain damage. So my cognitive issues can slow and I'll drop a, a fork or something and say, how stupid are you? How clumsy are you? How fat, worthless are you? And um, I really had it stop every single time I thought one of those things, which was like hundreds of times a day, ridiculously high amount. I would just give it to positive. So I'd drop it and I'd be like, all right, good. I'm getting a little ab workout, leaning over, getting back up here, picking up the silverware. Um, or I'm going to build my immune system now that it's got dirt on it. <laughs> eat the dirt, Strength. eat the dirt. Drinks, <laughs> turn me into the Hulk. Um, I don't know. It's, it was each tiny little thought that I had to dig. If I had one little thought, I had to dig. A negative thought, I had to think of two positives. And then a few days went by and it started to become more natural. Like it didn't start to start to feel funny making affirmations in the mirror and saying, you know what, you're worth this. You're gonna get through this. You're strong. They feel cheesy as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's so powerful. And know that the ultimate resource for wellness and mindset and gratitude is in the food that I eat. If I eat sugar, I'm a mess. Anxiety, I'm a social anxiety galore. I'm an introvert. So uh, it's really hard to pull those pieces out and be social as a public speaker uh, if I'm not eating the right foods, which helps that mental 
clarity and just being the best version of yourself. Cause you, yeah. and I think that's probably the, the hardest part too, is really, really you deserve to be happy. You deserve sex, success, success. You deserve sex too. <laughs> Freudian slip. Uh... Where is your husband? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's probably sleeping right now. It's his day off. <laughs> He's like, uh, what kind of interview is she on right now? Sorry. I didn't do it. She did it. I didn't do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so um, that all sounds fine and well, but mm-hmm. it can so much sound like, and you alluded to this, like, hey, I've got the secret, right? Just tell yourself you're better and you will be better, right? Like, it's just, it's so fluffy. And I think there are so many bullshit self-help books and speakers. Like, I am, I unfortunately, I, I, I'm not cynical about much, but I am pretty cynical about the rah-rah that so many people preach because, mm. like, that actually becomes more debilitating than just feeling like crap to begin with, right? Like I feel terrible, I go in, I listen to somebody tell me how amazing I am and all I need to do is believe and then I go back and for a day or two I feel good and then all of a sudden I fall back into my lies and so now only, not only am I believing the lies I used to believe, but now I'm also believing this new lie which is, and I can't even talk myself out of it. Mm-hmm. So. How do you step through the, I mean, I know like it's, it's a lot of repetitive conversation with yourself. I love the fact that you said that, you know, we need to be habitual and, you know, build, build habit into this, but like, how do you begin ingraining that in such a way? Because we are our own worst liar. Like we lie to ourselves more than anybody else, right? We are jerks to ourselves. Yes. We don't, we seriously, I, it was really being mindful of this and creating that activity of neuroplasticity framing where I'm taking every single negative thought and building it to a positive and then you start catching yourself saying no to everything and you're like why am I saying no to these opportunities you start saying yes and opportunities start or you start um you're laying your foundation and saying no I'm going to get paid for every speaking opportunity from here on out and the next thing you know, you're saying, oh, I'll do it for $500. If 500 turns into 1,000 and one, you know, and I mean, your life changes when you put in an effort. You said it's not about, it's about the effort. It's about everything that you put into it because that's what really matters at the end of the day. So in terms of your question about creating a habit, I, again, you're talking to somebody who used to think all this was hippie shit. You know what I mean? So the affirmations, manifesting your destiny, meditation was just for a two-hundred And I started meditating every morning and night for 15 to 30 minutes, it depends, but really centering and washing my brain of those terrible thoughts helped me to start fresh. So meditation and building a routine are amazingly powerful for bringing in that habitual success mentally, I should say. Mm. Okay. So you're on this journey (laughs) and I mean, today it's really easy to talk about because, and I know you still obviously have your struggles, but like you're doing well, right? Like you, you found ways to overcome, you've become 
uh, very, again, well-known, uh, you know, people are attracted to you and your story and want to hear that for themselves. But how do you begin working with and advocating for people? Because I know like one of the, one of the reasons that, you know, you and I ended up deciding to have this conversation here was because, you know, <clears throat> uh, people that are struggling with disease and I am very careful to say these words, but like disability, uh, because I don't want to impose things on other people that are right. not. But like when, when people are stepping through these struggles for themselves, I mean, you've had the freedom to do this on your own kind of, right? Like you write your own story, you, you work for yourself. Um, how do you help other people begin to step through similar struggles when their life is spiraling out of control? That's a good question. And I, I know that that requires a massively strong community. So if that's professional therapy, if that's your loved ones, I think it, it revolves different angles and perspectives for recovery for anything like that. But what I, I reinforce every single time I have a conversation with somebody, whether it's a client that's trying to master their digital reputation or they're um, from the different labeled community and they're just trying to get into the workforce. Wait, what did you say there? I, I, what did you say there? You're, the what? The differently abled community. Just okay. Like like, I, it's all about words, right? And rhetoric and how we use them. And if you're in an interview, you can say certain words that make you shine as a superhero versus a perceived limitation, right? I love that. Yeah. So what I like to say is that we all are limited. You know, we all have trauma. We all have baloney that we've had to face in the past. Um, different limitations are different based on who we are and our challenge and adversity and adversity is relative. Your worst day is so, so real for you. Mm -hmm. Worst day is really real for me. It doesn't make my struggles worse than yours um, or vice versa. So having that, that understanding and that baseline of the fact that we are all messed up, but we are all worthy of being successful and happy. Those are the, the, the start of where to go. Okay, so here, here we go. Uh, I, I want to push back on you. And, and, yes, and, I, I, and I know you're going to have an answer, which I love. So <laughs> um, I believe that we all struggle. I mean, I went through a period of anxiety and depression and wanting to crawl into a hole just a couple of years ago that like, you know, a year prior, I would have never thought. And so, you know, I have my struggles and I've gone through tragedy and everybody's gone through their thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I believe that some of those outwardly manifest themselves differently than others, which then creates a perception in society that causes that society to treat people differently, to look at them differently. Mm -hmm. So as much as I want to believe, and I do with all of my heart to the best of my ability, believe that we have all been created with the same infinite amount of worth and value even though we are uniquely created and we have unique experiences. I want to believe that. And I try to do my best, but that's not the way people are treated. And mm -hmm. so when, when you, let's just pretend for a second that you were working for an employer and you all of a sudden you get pregnant, you go through this huge, huge traumatic event that leads to now, Oh my gosh, I have this uh, disease and I can't walk and I can't see straight. And so I really can't come to work, but I want you to work with me. And 
that time frame seems to be limited in people's tolerance of you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so, so things do get treated so much differently than others. Oh, yeah. And, and so what do you say to that? Because I, I feel like, like we all want to, again, we, we all want to care, or most people want to care, but mm-hmm. sometimes our, our, the way care looks changes, and that can really be harmful to the people that are struggling with this the most. Oh, amen. So, I mean, you bring up the worst epidemic in our society today, which is cultural perspective. We are comfortable with what we're used to because that's what we're used to. So this is, this is the way it must be. This is how it is. This is what's right in the world. So not true. So inaccurate. And the moment we open our minds up and embrace differences, whether that's emotionally, physically, culturally, that's when the beauty happens. So like what I like to use this example, right? So I have a funny walk. Um, with my brain damage, I have a limp, which is it, you can't always tell, but if I'm really sick, it's bad. If I'm really sick, I will need a mobility device. Mm. Um, so if I park in a, a parking lot, a handicapped parking spot, and somebody looks at me and says, Oh, she's too young. She, to, she's not overweight. She, you shouldn't park there. And I, I've had people come up and say stuff like this um, to, to my peers too. You, or it must be a really good day for you or something like that. Those um, conversations and remarks are defense mechanisms for that person trying to stand up for something that they believe in. It's ignorance. It's not hatred. Mm-hmm. So take that opportunity to educate them on the sense that, um, so say I have a um, prostate cancer issues and they have to wear adult diapers because they will lose their bowels uncontrollably. So when they park at a park at a grocery store, they need to get in and out so quickly, but they look healthy. But then they can have this conversation that's saying, listen, I have an invisible an invisible disability. And in order to make this trip as painless and minimally humiliating as possible, I need to use this spot. And that's when those people are like really receptive and so supportive. You wouldn't believe it. I feel like the world is made up of allies. We just need to take the opportunity to educate um, and also not waste time because there are a lot of very evil people in this world that are frauds and untrainable at some circumstance. So I don't know. I really think it is about leading with love. Yeah. I mean, that is like, it's, it's great when you say it, right? I I think that it's, it's always helpful. And this is what I appreciate again about you being such an advocate for your own community and your own experience. Because if I, as somebody that does not struggle with that type of challenge in life. If I was to say to somebody that was physically disabled, right? Like, hey, you need to do a better job of communicating to those around you and educating them on who they are and what they are. Whereas you've changed the whole conversation to say like, 
you have an opportunity, right? Like you struggle with this. Yes. And I'm sorry. And I want to help you grow through this. And I want to help you get better and find solutions to help you heal. But all the while, one of maybe the greatest purposes by which you carry this with you is to help educate those around you on how to walk through their own challenge and to understand people better. And ultimately, like you said, to love one another in the way that we were called to when we were created in the first place. Right, right. I mean, we are all brothers and sisters of the human race. You're my brother. I'm your sister, whether you like it or not. We're way too similar. And why should we let stupid shit like uh, the color of our skin or our gender identity divide us? It's stupid. It's ridiculous. The lack of understanding, I think, and, and empathy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this goes back, man, I reference this quote all the time in like a million different ways, but like Stephen Covey in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People says, seek first to understand and then be understood. And this is something that we need in society more than ever, right? Like you are not my enemy because you believe differently than me. And as a matter of fact, if we really sought to understand other people, we would probably realize that we're after the same thing. We just mechanically try to get there in a different way. Yeah, and we habitually, instinctively love to help each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, getting asked for our advice, right? People love to talk about themselves. <laughs> it's great when you bring that community together. I have a question for you, though. Okay. In the sales side, the social selling side, you know, when you talk about building community together and having these relationships and taking these opportunities, it's something that I'm trying to focus in on because I see opportunity everywhere but how to do you approach people and ask those very delicate questions? So I think that one of the most important things, so um, I think that we need to do a better job of getting to know people before we begin to pry. And, and, I, and, and obviously that can be taken negatively, even just that word, and I probably should have used a different word, but um, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, Chantel, tell me your story, right? I, I want to know all the things you struggle with. And again, like you just happen to be a very open person to begin with. Um, yeah. But we do have, um, even though it's been online and fairly distant, like some sense of relationship to know that, you know, that you trust me enough to know that I'm not an a-hole that's going to exploit you in some way, right? Yeah. And so I think that that first, right, it is we have got to do a better job of getting to know people. Like I am, yeah, like I am interested, right? Like I'm not here, uh, I I don't want you on my podcast to then try and reach a community of people that I can sell to, right? Like that's not my goal. Like I want to get to know people and and I want to be interested. So that also means like, don't bring my own presuppositions into this. Don't bring my own interests, my own desires. So first, right, it's, it's got to be that foundation. And then I think behind, right next to that or right after that is then be interested. Like if I'm going to ask, like, so tell me, like, what was it like to not to lose your vision? Like, how did that affect you? Like, I really want to know, right? I want to understand. I want to get to know you better because of that. I want to get to know other people that struggle with those same things. And I also want to know, like, uh, again, like, you know, I'm trying to choose my words here, not because I'm trying to be politically correct, because that's just not me, but because I have concern and care. So I don't want to call you disabled 
if you feel like that word is not characteristic of who you are. And so help me to understand how to better communicate around these things so I can help become an advocate for you and your community too. I love that. That's, it's all about interest and, and real, real authenticity. It's crazy how in our digital world with sales and marketing, we've become so disconnected, even though we're more connected than we've ever been. It's crazy, like trying to put up a facade and only show our wins. I mean, what does that do? Yeah. So. Well, well, and then like, you know, so this to me is like super duper important. So um, I went through a devastating personal tragedy and uh, I ended up getting connected to a TEDx organizer who I said, hey, like I would love to kind of share this and my experience. And he said to me, um, very kindly, he said, look, he said, I hate to say it, but inspiration by tragedy is dead on the speaking circuit. And I was like, that's fair, right? Like that, that, that has been used so many times. And yet, what I have found since even that time is that it's not necessarily about my story, like the event that took place. It's the story and the journey that I have been on ever since that has helped to shape who I am as an individual. And that's what people are attracted to. Mm -hmm. So I think for you, right, it's not like, again, forgive me for saying it like so crassly, but like you don't get hired to publicly speak because you are the MS girl. Right, you get, <laughs> right, uh, and, and, but but I think like here's something too. Like I think that there are people out there that would believe that to be the case. Well, she's getting opportunities because of this, mm -hmm. and what I want people to hear, and I'm, I would love to hear your feedback too, is like you are who you are in part because of how that shaped you, right, and continues to shape you. But it's who you are now that people want, right? It's not the experience necessarily that you went through. Yeah, absolutely. And it, this is like the, so what I do for a living, right, is help people build personal brands. And it's so, so brutal to do because it takes so much reflection and you have so many ingredients to make this recipe taste delicious. You don't want it to taste like crap. So you want to make sure you're very selective about, about what you pull in and the details. And when I build my success, it's tricky to be a social selling expert and deliver social media and thought leadership online while sprinkling in diversity advocacy or only able to advocacy and talking about those things. But it can be done. It's an So it really is about the full picture, who the person is and what makes them different and unique because we're all messed up. Like I said, we all have flaws and, and crap that we've had to muddle through. And it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing when you can take something so, so hard and make a good thing out of it. Well, yeah. And, and, and again, like, you know, we are definitely attracted to the success story, right? The, the people yeah. that are killing it out there, like that, there is some attraction there. But I would argue that we relate much better to the struggle to the hardship. And so we don't need to make stuff up. We don't need to like glorify the fact that, um, you know, we had these deep, dark moments of our lives or seasons of our lives. But like for me personally, when I speak to people about the fact that at one point, four and a half years into my marriage, I was considering cheating on my wife 
and you know having a little baby at home and then they find out that but wait a minute you're a pastor of a church now like how do those things even connect and i'm like oh let me tell you and then as they see like i am not like i, I tell everybody all the time like i i'm fulfilled I, you know I, i'm doing okay uh, in business and financially, but I am not crushing it. And yet there are people that would say like, oh man, this guy's killing it and he's doing everything right. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, let's get real. And so I think that we need to continue to bring back in like who we really are and what we're really struggling with and how, and how we're overcoming those things. That's what people relate to. Absolutely. It's, I mean, it adds flavor too. It's easier to trust somebody when you see that they're not perfect. Mm-hmm. It's easier to trust somebody when they admit their flaws and joke about it and have humor. It's just human. Okay, so uh, craziest uh, experience you ever had when somebody found out that you have a um, differently abled <laughs> Oh, craziest. Like anything really funny or crazy that anyone's ever said to you? Oh my gosh. Well, just yesterday I was at an event for National Speakers Association and I was talking about my MS and this woman looks at me and she was just very socially awkward. And I know it was an, an error, but she said, but you don't look like it. You don't look like with you. And she meant it like as an insult, like you should look more damaged if you're that disabled. And I'm just thinking, what? That's crazy. But then you also have the people that you talk to. Like I share a lot of content on LinkedIn and I'll talk about my issues with multiple sclerosis, um, brain fog, tripping, um, accessibility stuff all the time. And people won't like or comment on it because they don't want their employers to see or their communities to see. But I get the most heartfelt messages from the most random places that are just beautiful that they like appreciate it, you know, and say, Oh, you know, my, my daughter has it. And, ah, oh, it's just brutal. It's crazy. Okay. So you had a 1% chance to get pregnant. To have this kid. Yeah. yeah. So tell me what it's like today being a mom. Oh God. I, well, I never thought I would ever have kids. Right. So I kind of wrote it off and then Lo and behold, my husband and I are like, holy shit, we're going to be parents. And it was stressful as hell. Mm. Like, I don't know. We didn't have it planned. You know, I didn't want it. But I do now. Oh, my gosh. I should like, clarify. <laughs> my son, Otto Sumas, is the most incredible thing that's ever happened in this universe. <laughs> that's on record. Just so he yeah, knows. Yeah, on that. record. <laughs> but it was it was messed up. I mean, you're a first-time parent. Nobody knows what the hell they're doing. No. And then you have a disability and get so sick. Mm. It's like the worst. And then my husband, my poor husband, who had to take care of my newborn and me and himself. Uh. Oh. Yeah, that's got to be telling of his character for sure. I mean, it takes, yeah. it, 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 it's sad to say, but it does take a very special person to be able to, to step through something like that when it's not, you know, directly affecting them, right? It, yeah, know, I married the right guy. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I chose the right one to say yes to. <laughs> 
And so, so how, how, do, how do you deal with continuing to balance being a mommy and then you get on the road and, and you're going to speak or you're going to work with clients in other places? And so how, how does that typically, typically work out? Like, do you, <clears throat> yeah, how, how is that for you? Yeah, I mean, it's brutal. It's definitely not a balancing act. It's more like living in harmony. <laughs> and right. Um, with my illness, I get burnt out really easily. Mm-hmm. So I um, make sure to focus my business structure around that to make sure that I'm putting health first, which I'm sure you or you know somebody who doesn't have uh, cancer or, or debilitating disease, um, it's easy to forget about your health until it's too late. Yep. Right? So it's important that you, you focus in on that because anything could happen, but mm-hmm. traveling, I'm so blessed to have an amazing support community. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that your community is based on who you are. So if you give, 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 your community is going to give, give, give. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right? I wish yeah. more people would actually speak to that right there. Um, so I, uh, a recent guest on my podcast, a woman by the name of Rachel Druckenmiller, uh, she has a pretty significant story of burning out. She ended up getting uh, mono and then that turned into, gosh, I want to say it was Epstein-Barr, but now I, I'm, like, oh, I'm yeah. losing it a little bit. And, <clears throat> I mean, she was literally just driven into the ground. And it was because she was overworking herself more even than her employer overworking her. And so we talked a lot about the fact that, um, you know, we focus on rest and recovery. People don't understand the strain on your body from traveling, from uh, speaking, from going head to head or face to face with clients and really digging into their life. Like it's draining and so draining. Yeah. And then as an entrepreneur, it's like, well, you can keep doing it. Just keep working harder. You've got more hours in the day. Keep going. It's like, no, you need to freaking go to sleep, right? Like you need to break. Absolutely. And it's really important that we remind ourselves to put our health first. And if the sleep is really critical, I need nine or 10 hours of sleep. Sounds insane to most entrepreneurs, but for me, it literally washes your brain when you sleep. And when you have a brain disease, that's important. Yeah. No, I mean, it is. It is. It is. And having that support community to notice those signs and say something to you when they notice, like, like my husband the other day, he was like, are you okay? You're sounding, you're talking funny. Like, I don't, are you just not listening to me? (laughs) Shoot. I need to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so call it a night. I'm going to bed. <laughs> so, so how, how do you monitor that? Like, are there, are you just using like the people around you? Like, are there other things that you're doing to keep track of your health? Oh yeah. I mean, I need to, to say no a lot more now. And I've had to um, transform my business so that when I have a speaking opportunity and it requires travel, I might need to charge three times the the amount now because I need three times the time to recover and up to it, you know, to rest and put my health first. Um, but then that goes with a lot of like establishing, establishing success and action and stuff like that. So it's kind of an ongoing process, but, um, diet is ridiculously important and so easy to fall off of. I'm keto. I've been keto for two years because keto has substantial benefits for controlling seizures. That's what mm. I it for and the, the brain health of it. And if I go off of it, 
my anxiety's back, my depression is back, my fatigue is back, bar none. So, and I, it's hilarious that new people to really experiment with feeding their body good things or cutting the crap, they don't realize how good they can possibly feel because they've never tried it. And it's magical, like what happens when you really do put that as a priority and what you put into your body. I mean, what's at the end of your fork matters about all of this. It's yep. pain. It's crazy. That tiny little thing that you just keep piling into the hole. It's crazy. I know. It's just, it's, it, it, it's, and then again, like when you travel, right, it's even harder to pay attention to that stuff. Socially, it's harder sometimes to pay to the, you know, pay attention to that stuff. It's like, Hey, let's go grab something to eat. It's like, nobody's picking the nice <laughs> clean restaurant, right? It's like, let's go eat like the biggest bunch of garbage and let's go drink. While we're yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll get a water. Cool. <laughs> so your keto, do you eat those keto bricks? Have you seen those no. things? Keto brick. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh man, like you've got you've got to you got to look them up. So uh, I, uh, another what? friend of mine, uh, Matt Gagnon is his name. He's uh, yes. yeah. So Matt uh, Matt's recently gone keto, and I didn't know he was keto. He's one of my favorite people of all time. By the yeah. way, yeah, awesome. Shout out to Life Story Coaching. What's up, Matt? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I had him on the podcast a while ago, and you know he's just such a great guy. But uh, so he has recently gone keto for for similar health reasons. He's had a lot of really really big brain struggle, uh, brain or a lot of brain issues, and uh, so he went keto. And so I actually haven't seen what's happened since, but he started ordering these keto bricks. They literally look like a uh, a red you know, brick that you lay in your house, right? And they deliver them to you. So he just gets these bricks and it's got all the nutrients that you need in it and it's all keto. And so he just snacks on them. I love right now that if you're looking at this video, you're watching Chantel, Google this and she's looking as that we're going. sounds disgusting. It looks disgusting. It's like gray. Like who eats gray food? Oh, hell no. Have you seen the, the, the it's like a movie called Snowpiercer. No. <laughs> okay, never mind. We won't even go down that <laughs> that hole. But yeah, that's disgusting. <laughs> oh God, there's just so much gross. A brick, a keto brick. No, I eat real food like salmon and greens. <laughs> okay, so Matt, you're smart in a lot of ways, not in your bricks. <laughs> Gosh. Okay, so as we are turning the corner to uh, to close in, so. Uh, practically, if people are trying to build a brand for themselves, what are the couple of things you tell them you absolutely must avoid doing these? Or are those only behind the $1,000 curtain? <laughs> <laughs> I like what you did there, yeah. <laughs> Details, no. Um, they're, uh, avoid doing, avoid stretching yourself too thin, avoid being someone you're not, avoid highlighting only your successes when, if you're doing a content strategy with your personal brand, um, avoid broadening your focus. We want to niche down and people really think, oh no, I'll get more money if I broaden my horizons, right? No, that's a recipe for disaster. You don't want to do that. Um, I got, and also don't hire somebody to help you that has a blueprint because mm. everybody is different and requires a different strategy and different handhold. Everybody's at different phases in their life. Um, okay. So yeah. freeze on that. 
Did you hear that? If you are out there right now listening, I don't care how many of you it is or how many, I will sound bite that clip just so you hear. But if you buy a blueprint strategy to build your personal brand, not only have you just thrown whatever amount of money you spent away, but you can't get that time in your life back either. And your brand will end up being like whoever else jumped into that same crap. And guess what? None of you are going to win. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, how many sales funnels do you get, you get sorted into that's, oh yeah, we have a five-step program and you're going to make 10 digits in a month. And it's like, wow. Oh, I just, hate it. I hate it. You know what I mean? I know. Like try, Everything you know, different. yeah. Or you're on LinkedIn and you know, everybody can tell you how to make a million bucks, even though they haven't even made the first thousand. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. So bad. Okay. Uh, one, one, one big positive. What do, what do you really want people to take away from listening to you speak all about yourself and, <laughs> and the ways in which you can encourage other people? No, I, I really mean that, right? Like, so he, he, let me, let me, let me clarify that statement because I want people <laughs> to hear this. Like, again, there, you personally, were created with a very specific purpose in life. I mean, I, I am such a deep believer in this. And so everything that has happened to you and through you up to this point in your life is for very specific purpose. Much of that is for your own growth and strength. But at the same time, you telling your story to other people will enable other people to become the very best version of who they have been created to be. So I think you should, like people should continue to talk about themselves as long as you are doing it with the intent to contribute to the lives of other people. So what do you want people to hear about you? Oh man, I just, I believe in that so much and the ripple effect and after building my success these past, and I'm newer to entrepreneurship. I'm newer to this business world. Um, been in marketing for 15 years, so at least I have some experience there. <laughs> it's really been able to see the ripple effect and seeing my efforts that I put in two years ago and passing that torch forward and then seeing my community thrive and succeed and it's just amazing. I guess that one nugget would be, you never know where one conversation is going to take you. Yeah. You never know what heart you're going to touch and how you're going to touch it and what you're going to do to that person, especially in this mental health epidemic. We just, we really just need to be better people for ourselves, ultimately, mm -hmm. not the whole world, but ourselves. Yeah, because the net positive effect to that is, is if we can continue to grow in our own ability to understand ourselves and to become the best version of ourselves, we will ultimately affect everybody else around us, right? Ripple effect, dude. I mean, energy is, it's contagious. I love it. I cannot tell you how much fun I've had in such a short <laughs> period of time, especially when we're talking about, I, I think that, you know, somebody could listen to this and hear um, a lot of levity and enjoyment and entertainment and forget the fact that we're talking about some of the most significantly um, weighty uh, challenges that society faces today. But I appreciate you for the fact that 
that's what you bring to it, right? You're not trying to like make light of a situation. You're not trying to um, just glaze over it with flowers and rainbows and butterflies. Like we can have some of that too, but like you do that because this experience has brought you so much joy. That's the first thing that I said, right? When we, when we started talking this morning was yeah. you just exude that with everything in you. And now getting to see you face to face and talk to you, like, I get it. I get why you are the way that you are. And I completely understand why people are, are, are wanting to hire you to bring you into their world and to help you affect them in the way that you've affected yourself. So just, well, you well, are, thank you. Yeah, yeah, you are, hire me. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Okay. How can they hire you? Where can they find you? Oh, ChantelSemus.com is where I have the story and the way to connect as well as LinkedIn. Uh, that's where my family is on there. If you reach out and connect, I will send you a message. If you send me a message, I do respond to all my messages um, because that's how you really, I mean, it's just strangers are best friends we have not yet, right? I so. love that. No sales pitches. No BS. She wants real yeah. messages. <laughs> Don't pitch me first. Yeah, you <laughs> date me for like a, a few. You don't marry somebody on a handshake in a conversation, okay? <laughs> I know. I, I know somewhere that's allowed, but not here, okay? Not <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I mean, you are awesome. And I know that everybody that listens today is just going to be so blessed by, by listening to you speak. Uh, I encourage you all to go watch this video. It will be on YouTube at the same time. And again, this is not about me promoting my stuff. I don't care what you hear in me, but like listening to somebody like Chantel, like it will make you better. Just <laughs> it will, it will. Like people, people need to understand that. So thank you. You are awesome. And I just so appreciate the friendship that we are building. And it always sounds weird saying that again, you know, from such a distance, but you are just awesome. And I really yeah. do appreciate you. Well, thanks, Mr. Miller. <laughs> you rock. <laughs> I, try. I try. <laughs> of course. All right. Well, I will make sure to, uh, to, uh, to put all your information in the show notes. Um, maybe we're even going to let you see what an awful gray keto brick looks like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the profile image. I'm going to research this because I've never heard of a keto brick. I have heard of bulletproof coffee. I am a bulletproof lifer. I love it. Uh, but not a brick. I challenge somebody that's listening to this to order a keto brick and then post it to your Instagram and tag Chantel in it and myself. Cause I want to see it. Like that would be a good challenge. Uh, I've never challenged anybody on a podcast, but that would be is a it good like one. a brick of cheese. No, like, it's like a brick of dust. I don't know. It's crazy. I'm what? telling you like, go, go, go to Matt's Instagram page and you can see he's posted some stuff about it. Like oh those people God. are probably really nice. He's, he says they're his friends, but it just looks like <laughs> We've just totally poo-pooed this. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay, we try to do the best we can to lift as many people up as we can. In the process, somebody has just got to pay the price. And if you don't break people, it was you. <laughs> well, thanks, Chantel. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. You were just a super huge encouragement. And uh, yeah, I just look forward to continuing to follow and see all the awesome stuff you're doing. So thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Of course. Let me know if I can help you with anything, please. I will. You are. You are. <laughs> oh, <laughs> stop. A cry. <laughs> oh, I, I, I was going to try and do that, but we'll stop right before Chantel cries. <laughs> <laughs> 
So with that, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Again, go watch the video. It's just, it, it's going to be so great. You're going to see so much of Chantel's personality come out. We have a lot of fun, but we are talking about really serious stuff. This is stuff that we do need to take seriously, whether it relates to us getting into ourselves and growing as human beings, growing in our ability to become the best version of ourselves, but then also in our ability to affect the lives of one person or a million people. It really does matter. So thank you. Look forward to your feedback. Please reach out if you have any questions, comments, concerns. Another episode of the Excellence Mindset Podcast is done. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Excellence Mindset with Ryan James Miller. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And for more great content and to stay up to date, visit ryanjamesmiller.com. We'll catch you next time.